I pray, Father, that we would be found in you. God, would you continue to work into our lives today? We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your blessings. Be with us, Lord, as we look into your word this morning. Would you strengthen us, Lord, by it? In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You, Chris and Deontay, did a great job. <laughs> Just want to let you know, uh, we can, maybe Quinton, if we can put that slide in regards to uh, the offering, please. The announcement package. Kids, there is Kids Church this morning. Yeah, thank you for your giving last week. And you can see our monthly budget. Last week we received just over $9,000. So we still need for the remainder of the month, it's there. And thank you again for honoring the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. We do appreciate that. Uh, we want to receive the offering this morning. And uh, oh, there's a lot of kids today. Have fun. Go ahead and receive the offering, gentlemen. Just to let you know, the uh, golf tournament is coming up. And uh, there is, we started with 40-some spots, and now I think there's less than 20 so if you've not signed up for the golf tournament, uh, please do so. If you're saying, I'm not much of a golfer, don't worry. That's about half of us. And uh, the other half of us uh, are less than that. And then the top 10% are really good golfers. But, uh, you know, we go to just move around the dirt. That's why I go. It's, I, you can't even call me a golfer. You call me a duffer. I just take this clump of dirt from the here to there. And... Uh, and then I got to clean my golf clubs. But it's going to be a fun time. I want to encourage you to come. It's going to be just a good time to connect together. So please do sign up on the website at lgf.church. Thank you for your giving. We're going to uh, conclude our series this morning of sermons on uh, spirit life. And today we're going to look at, at being an overcomer. You know, we live in a day and an age when that's kind of what life looks like, right? You start there and it's yeah, ups and downs and it's, it's all over the place sometimes. We, we live, we don't, we live um, not, in, you know, not just separated in a box. We, we, life happens. And sometimes life gets just, oh. anybody else there? You can actually hear my voice this morning, so I'll drink less water, which means that you should get out of here before two. For some. Yeah, thank you for praying. My voice is uh, a lot better. You know, the Holy Spirit is alive. We need the Holy Spirit today. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us to, to grow stronger, and the stronger we grow, uh, it just seems like sometimes the stronger we are, more opposition comes. You know, it's like saying, almost like, I don't want to grow stronger because the stronger I get, it seems like I face more things that are difficult to face. Did you know if you weren't growing in God, the enemy of your soul would leave you alone? Because you're of no threat to him. If you aren't growing with God, the enemy of your soul and my soul, if we aren't growing forward with God, he just kind of leaves you alone. 
Because he's happy to have you just sit there. But the moment that you say, I want more of God in my life, I want to grow, well, now we face opposition. And God wants to help us by his Holy Spirit to be an overcomer. Not just to be overcomers, though, but to become beautiful in spite of the storms. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit enables us to be overcomers. He does this through the Word of God, by teaching us God's truth and by helping us to endure the hardships of life so we can overcome any kind of deception or attack of the enemy that, might, that he might throw our way. We live in this day where there's a spirit of antichrist. And now you're all thinking of somebody in a black suit with a pitchfork and red horns. Um, let's understand that the spirit of antichrist is, is simply what that word is against Christ. The moment that we, you know, we, we can picture all these pictures in our mind, but to be antichrist means that you're just against God. You're, you're just opposed to what God wants to do. So we live in this place of that spiritual battle that is going on. In 1 John chapter 4 and verses uh, 1 to 3, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now all in the world already. We live in days that are the days of the fantastic and the unbelievable. All kinds of spectacular things are happening and things that are hard to comprehend. People want to be excited, right? We want something to get us going. And when we get going, man, we're like a dog with a bone. We just keep going at it. You know, we just keep saying, I, I need that. You know, we, we just desire spectacular things. They want to be thrilled. And in this age of the spectacular, the, call, the Holy Spirit calls us to be ready to overcome, to be level-headed while yet being open. You see, many things that ha happen in the spiritual realm with God, we have taken this like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. So we've pushed it aside as opposed to saying, God, whatever you want to do. So we need to be open to what God is doing, but yet not open to everything that comes along as the wind blows. You see, this is not new. The early church witnessed the same desires for the spectacular, for the mind-boggling experiences. The Gnostics, they provided them with a really good show, teaching them all kinds of new secret truths, all kinds of things that would be wow and, you know, just jaw-dropping and would get a crowd. 
They had fantastic prophecies that tickled their imagination. Today we live no differently than they do or did. If you're up late enough or you happen to watch a particular channel on your TV, you'll end up with the Psychic Friends Network. And I'm like, these ladies are spooky. And I say ladies because predominantly ladies on that channel, not that I watch it, I kind of get there and skip over or you, you laugh for a little bit. You know, and, and they glorify psychics and mediums as saviors and helpers. You know, if you, if you follow them enough, the these psychic ladies want to be your, your strength and your source and your, your, your savior. They want to just tell you what's going on. You know, there's no lack of weird in our world today, right? You look around, it's like, yeah, it's weird. And, and maybe it's just me as a boomer, but I don't think so. Our world's getting weird. You know, there's times I'm sure where if you were a teenager, you still like, oh, I don't know about that, but I can't say it because I'm young where I'm supposed to just be open-minded. But as I get older, it's like more. there's more and more weird things, and it's not me. In the midst of all this spiritual activity, that we are in and, and that had gone on in the past, we are in this age of new age of interest in the spiritual realm. And the apostle, he tells us to test the spirits. He says, you know what? Know what's going on around you. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives encourages us to test the spirit, to test what is going on, and not just to swallow everything that comes along and is supposed to be from God. You see, because even as much as we look at the outside world as the church and say, oh, that's weird, weird things can happen in the church as well. And we need to test the spirit and say, is that really God? Is that really God? I, I've been to some meetings where they've been off. And I'm like, oh, this ain't healthy. This doesn't line up with the word of God. We have to do that. We, you and I are responsible for that. We have to know the Bible enough so that when something weird comes along, we, we say, no, this doesn't line up with Scripture. And it may not even come in the form of something spectacular. It may just come in subtly. And you say, this is not Bible. Would you know your Bible, please? Can I encourage you to be a student of the Word of God? To say, I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to study the Word. I don't want to just pick a verse here and a verse there and a verse there and string them together. Let's know the Bible. Let's know the Word of God. God created us. He created you with the faculties of reason and knowledge. And they're to be used. They're to be used. They're not to be made fun of. They're not to be put down. D.L. Moody said this. He said the best way to show that it's is crooked is not to argue about it or to spend time denouncing it but to lay a straight stick alongside of it. You see the straight stick is the word of God. 
we can argue that something's not right. We can denounce that something's not right. But when you line it up with the truth, it's like, mm, that's not true. We need the word of God. Amen? The Bible says that in the last days, there will be a deceiving of spirits going around. And that if it were possible, it would even fool the very elect of God, the very ones of us who know God as Savior and Lord. You ever been fooled? You're not going to put your hands up, of course. You know, you've been fooled. You think, oh, that, I couldn't be fooled. Yeah, we can be fooled. You know, it started when you were a little kid, right? The first time you were probably fooled. And somebody had those plastic fruit or those wax fruit. It's like, well, that looks like a real, that looks like a real piece of fruit. And you picked it up, and it even had some weight to it, so you knew it wasn't the plastic hollow ones. It was a piece of wax fruit, and you, mm, you were fooled, weren't you? That wax covered your teeth for a week. We've been fooled into some things. You know, you were like, no, that's a really, if you drive down on holidays this summer and you go just east of Regina, you'll hit this big, you, you'll think it's, this is a massive lake. And it's, it's big on the surface, but it's about an inch deep. Or maybe a little bit more than that. You're going to be fooled to think this is a huge body of water when really it isn't. If you were to gather it all up, it would, wouldn't be very much at all. We can be fooled, can't we? We need to know the truth. In Matthew 24 and 24, it says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform many great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. These were Jesus' own words to his disciples. Now they had walked with Jesus, they had talked with Jesus, they ate with Jesus, and Jesus said, you know what? You have spent so much time with me that even you can be fooled. Oh my goodness. We should not be surprised to see what we're seeing today with interest in the spectacular and supernatural. The implication is that in the last days, people will not be so well grounded in truth. We'll be taken in by the spectacular, by the exciting, looking for something thrilling. The word to believers here is this, is be prepared to test the spirits. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. You know, seeking thrills, even spiritual thrills, without testing the expressions against this true and straight stick, the word of God. The spirit of Antichrist, you know, may not always just be, you know, 666. It may not just be always something that we think of or see. Because if it was so plain, we wouldn't be deceived by it, would we? But if it comes so subtly, it's like, oh, I didn't even know. Because the moment that it's blatant in front of you, it's like, no, that's not, that's not God. So in order to deceive you, it has to be something that looks like the truth, sounds like the truth, and smells like the truth, but it's a lie. Otherwise, we're not falling for it, are we? 
That's the world we're living in today. That's the world we're living in today where, where the spirit of Antichrist has blinded many, where they don't see the truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to overcome, primarily through the word of God. These false prophets and spirits ignore or fail to acknowledge that Jesus is God's son and that only his work can save us. These false prophets ever em emphasize everything but Jesus. They don't seek to point people to Jesus. And if they do, they point people to a Jesus that doesn't line up with Scripture. This is the first and great test of a true spirit. The, the Holy Spirit always puts Jesus as the focus. And the Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus, not himself or a self-proclaimed prophet. I have some friends that, when the first time I met them, they had a business card. And they, they had the word prophet in front of their name. And I'm like, how'd you get that title? It looked good on my business card, he said to me. I'm like, what? You mean you just put it there? Like, I can put that on a doctor, but you ain't going to want to see me if you're sick. Like we can't just go around making false claims. That's what our world is living in, isn't it? And many are being deceived. In John, 1 John chapter 4, and verses 4 to 6, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he, is, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Well, the world toys around with truth, and our world will take what is true today, and then to, you ever hear the phrase, well, it's my truth. There's only one truth. That's the word of God. There's only one truth. You can't have a different truth than, than well, you can have a different truth than I have. I can say, well, I'm the strongest in the world. You can say, no, I'm the strongest in the world. But there really is only one truth. The only truth there is, is the word of God. It's not up for debate. It's not up for options. You don't get to have your truth and they have their truth and somebody else has another truth. There's one source of truth. And that's what's happening in our world today. Well, I, from, it's my truth. Well, no, no, no. What is the foundation of that then? What you wake up for? What, what, what you eat? Is that your truth? Your truth has to be solid. It has to transcend your personal feelings, your, your moment of the day. While the world toys with that word truth, mixing falsehoods with truth, we who are saved have a sure word of prophecy. We have a sure word of God. What is that sure word? It is scripture. It is the Bible. God doesn't change. 
God didn't write the Bible and it's like three months later say, well, you know what? My truth has changed. Let me give you the Bible, you know, 2.0. You know, and then a couple of years later said, well, God changed his truth again. And now let me give you the latest version. No, God's truth doesn't change and it hasn't changed. We can and will be overcome with the world because greater, we will overcome the world because greater is the Holy Spirit that is in us than the spirits that are in the world deceiving people. The reason, the world, the reason this world listens to deceivers is because they don't know the truth. Thus they're easily fooled. They're easy candidates for buying into falsehoods that sound true. I don't know if you're on any kind of social media. The only one that I'm on is Instagram. And every once in a while, you click on there, and somebody says, well, I'm giving $6,000 to the first 10 people who press this button. And I'm like, really? I mean, that's, that's an easy one, right? Like, that ain't happening. Ain't nobody giving you money for nothing. And not even your grandma, right? She gives you money if it's your birthday or if it's Christmas. She's just not just doling out five grand here and there. <laughs> she does. Wow. We have to go see her grandma. But that's the world we live in, right? It, it's so looking for something that people are just easily falling into these gaps, falling into these traps and saying, well, that's got to be. We know better. We have the Bible. We have the word of God. We have the scriptures. It's the fountain of truth and the spirit of truth, as the Holy Spirit is sometimes called in the Bible, which leads us into all truth. You see, when we first come to faith in Christ, we have some truth. And as we grow and we read the word of God, we get more truth. But when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our lives, he guides us into all truth. We don't have to say, well, I wonder if. I, I wonder how we get there. No, Holy Spirit will guide us into that. He will lead us. And it will be sit right with you or it won't sit right with you. The whole concept here is us being overcomers has to do with the Holy Spirit in our lives and working through the scriptures. Everything should be tested by God's word. Everything should be tested by the word of God. It's that straight stick that we lay down beside anything and we say, is this, how does this line up? You see, because there can be a truth that's just a little bit off. And that's what, dece that's what deceives us. It's not the one that's really like way out there. It's the one that's just a slight bit off. It's the one that's just got a slight bit of a crookedness in it. But when we line it up with something that is true, that is unchanging, that has never changed, the word of God, like, okay, this is truth. That's obviously not. The spirit of adoption In Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, 
But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We're not overcome with fear anymore because we're sons and daughters. We're not overcome by fear anymore because he's our father. You see, when you, or maybe we're pre-faith in Christ, there might have been fear in your life. It was like, well, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know where my strength comes from. I don't know what is going to keep me. But now if you are a believer in Christ, you do not have to fear anymore. You have a father that takes care of you. You have a father that loves you. You have a father that watches out for you, that wants the best for you. And you're saying, but that doesn't line up with what I know in the natural. I understand that. That's why he's adopted you as his own. And he says, come. And he's perfect. He's perfect. He's, he's an amazing father. If you are in Christ, we've been adopted. And this adoption makes us overcomers already. You say, I don't have the strength to overcome. If you've been adopted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you have become an overcomer already. We've overcome death in Christ. And we will rise again one of these days to live with him forever. We are no longer slaves. We are now sons and daughters. This sonship gives us access to the Holy Spirit, which in turn gives us victory through the knowledge of his word. And by his empowering nature to walk with us as we walk with God. This sonship removes the fear of being overcome and gives us the confidence to know that we are the overcomer. You see, when you look at things in your life and things in this world, if you were in Christ, that will not overtake you. It may be a difficult moment. It may be a tough season. But that will not be what overcomes you if you are in Christ. He's made you an overcomer. That doesn't mean that hard times don't come. That doesn't mean that disappointments don't come. That doesn't mean that nothing difficult happens in your life. It means that if you are in Christ, though, that those things will not overtake you. We're all going to face things that we wish we didn't have to face. But if we're in Christ, that is not the end, is it? That's not the final word. The final word is who's our Father in heaven. Who has given us strength to overcome and say, you know what? This may be happening, but this is not my home. This world may be going through tough things, but this world isn't what I'm destined for. It's dest I'm destined for glory. There's something greater than this. There's something beyond this. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm wishing that I don't have any kind of news other than when the Oilers win. Now I don't get any of that till the fall. Maybe the Rough Riders when they win. You know, when you start look, sitting down and looking at it, you can be, oh my goodness. I was looking at the, at the financial news and they were saying that 
our mortgage rates could be jumping by 45% in the next couple of years. And I'm like, ah! what? Oh, I thank God that this is not my home. I mean, I have a home and the bank owns it. And I, we own a small portion of it. But this is not my home. I'm not going to be overcome by this. This doesn't rule and run my life. My hope is in heaven. Amen? This, this stuff around me, I can worry and I can fret about what's going on. And that, you know what? That doesn't, doesn't change anything that's happening in this world. But I can look to my Heavenly Father and I say, God, you can give me peace in the middle of this. You've always been my provider. You will not stop being my provider. It's not like God looks up at looks at us and says, well, you know, mortgage rates are jumping up. You're kind of on your own on this one. He says, well, I've taken care of you this far. Do you think I can take care of you more? And, and the answer is absolutely. Absolutely he can. This sonship removes the fear from being overcome and gives us confidence and strength to know that we will be overcomers. The spirit of sonship is the sealing of the Holy Spirit in our lives as the evidence of the adoption. You see, when, and when God calls you his son and his daughter, nobody's taking that from you. Nobody's taking that from you. Say, like, no, no, no. I'm his. And he is mine. The Holy Spirit lives in us when we come to him in faith when we've acknowledged him as Savior and Lord, that very first moment the Holy Spirit came to live in your life. And he is the evidence of that salvation. He's always drawing us toward the works of grace and into the Bible as God's word. In Romans chapter 8, and verses 16 to 17, it says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. The Holy Spirit gives us an inner witness of our human spirit that there indeed has been a change. Where before we were not interested that much in spiritual things, now we are. Where once we felt alienated from God, now we feel close to him. There's a marked difference in our lives that once it is witnessed by, uh, it will be witnessed by others as a result of the Holy Spirit prodding us to live a holy life. You see, the things in life that you and I face, they're not there to defeat you if you're in Christ. They'll make you stronger. They make you stronger. I know we don't like that. We don't like to go through difficult seasons and, and moments and times. But on the other side of that, did you ever notice in your life you come out stronger? If you really are trusting in the Lord. If you're saying, God, would you take these difficult moments, would you use them for your glory and your honor? He uses them to refine us. I don't enjoy difficult seasons. 
I kind of wish I could take a pass on that sometime. But if God's wanting to develop things in my life, difficult seasons, they come. The Holy Spirit counts on us using us to get this message to others that they can be overcomers. They don't have to be overcome. And when they see that in us, that we would point them to Christ. We would point them to the Word of God and say, you know what, here's how I do it. I overcome by the Word of God. I've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of His testimony. By what Christ has done for me. I don't overcome by my own strength and my own purpose and how good I am. I become an overcomer by what Jesus Christ has done for me. By him taking my sin and my shame on that cross and dying for my sins. And when I accepted that, I said, yeah, I'm an overcomer now. I didn't do anything other than accept what Christ has already done. Nothing will attract more people to Christ than overcoming Christians who practice what they preach. The Holy Spirit enables us to be overcomers. He does this by revealing the truth about sin and the truth about Jesus. The main foundation for this truth is the Word of God. Now, I know we can get really hung up when we talk about the Bible. For some of you who come from a certain age bracket, you may think, well, it's the King James Version only because that's what Jesus read. No, it isn't. It, it really isn't. I'm sorry. We can, we can say, well, I want to read only this version or that version. Yeah, you know what? The Word of God was, was authored by God, by God's Spirit. Yes, men wrote it down. But it was authored by God himself. If you're wanting to argue whatever, which one is the most accurate, may I tell you this? Read it. I'm not going to tell you which one to read and which one not to read. But if you want to argue, well, this one's more accurate than that one, Read the one you got. If it's the picture Bible, look at the pictures. Like, let's, let's not split hairs. We need the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. There's no other foundation we have in our lives. God's Spirit will bring this word alive to us and will help us to receive it so we can overcome. I wonder if, Chris, if you have a song, one of the ones you've done, that we can do in closing. Can I encourage you to know the word of God? To know the word of God. It's not enough for you to come on Sundays and to say, well, here's the time I get my teaching. It's not enough. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. You need to be in the word of God yourself. And then you'll hear these phrases every once in a while. I'm just not being fed. 
If I have to make airplane noises to all get you to read the Bible, then I will. But we have to be feeding ourselves. We have to be reading the Bible. And as your pastor, yes, you will hear the Bible being preached here. We'll, you'll, we will go through a minimum of two to three books of the Bible per year. Why? Because I want you to know the Word of God. I want you to be found, your foundation to be the Word of God, not just stories. Stories are fine, but stories will not help you when the trials and tribulations come. The Word of God will. So would you pray with me, Holy Spirit, would you make the Word of God alive in me? Father, would you bring your Word to life? I pray, God, that we would be such students of the Word that we would become overcomers. We would read the pages and we would see the results. We would see, God, how you have answered and what you've done then you can still do today. You haven't changed. It's not like you just care for those in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Father, you care for us today. Your spirit is here. Empowering us and strengthening us. God, what we've read in Scripture is what we read in the Word of God. You have been faithful and you will always be faithful. What you've accomplished once, you can do it again. Maybe there's someone struggling here, Lord, today, and, and they're like that widow. All she's got is a little bit of oil. They're looking at their bank account balance and saying, I don't even know how I make this meet. Trust the Lord. He can make that little bit of oil never run out. God can multiply. Would you leave room in the margins for God? Would you leave room for God to do a miracle? Father, we thank you that you are capable of doing miracles today. Father, for those who are maybe struggling in their bodies and saying, Father, would you touch me? Would you, God, would you do a work in me? God, we trust you, just like that woman who had the issue of blood that reached out and just touched the hem of your garment. She understood where the source of healing came from. Father, maybe we're believing and praying for a family member who's struggling. God, may we be like that centurion who just said, just say the word. Just pray and it will it'll happen. God, we thank you that, that the, what we've seen on the pages of Scripture is not limited to the pages of Scripture. Father, you want to move today. You, you desire to move today, and you are moving today. Little is always much, God, when you are in it. Father, for those who are in the storms of life today, maybe life is just getting rough. Maybe the sea is, is tossing them around. Father, you can speak to that storm. In 
and you're speaking to that storm even now. God, you know each one of us and where we are. You know the things in our life that we struggle with and are dealing with. And God, we thank you that you have called us to be overcomers. And we are overcomers not because of who we are, but because of what you have done for us on that cross. Where you took our shame, where you took our guilt, where you took our sin. And you said those words, that it is finished. The penalty has been paid. The debt has been canceled. Father, would you help us? In Jesus' mighty name. If you'd like prayer, you can meet me at the front this morning. Happy to pray with you and for you. May God bless you and strengthen you as you overcome this week. God has plans for you. God has a great plan for you. Each and every one of you. May God bless you. If you need prayer, I'll be down here at the front this morning.
Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, that you'd use us, Lord, for your honor and your glory. Father, would you go with us? Make us a blessing, Lord, to this world around us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Just so you know, next week, Father's, it is Father's Day. We have a gift for you. So, Dad, you're not going to want to miss. See you next week.